Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, where each week Jonathan and his co-host interview the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing. Jonathan, take it away. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. This is episode 508. We've got a real special and close friend, a close friend for me and for the show, a former a former co-host of mine. We've got John Nock um, back on the show, and we're going to be talking about how to do effective non-no-bullshit SEO in 2020. Um, we're going to be talking about how to, if you're a small agency or one-person developer, how you can promote your business locally with effective SEO. We're going to be talking about the best tools, free or paid for, that could help you. We're also going to be talking how to use YouTube to promote your business locally or nationally. And we're going to be talking about everything SEO. So I'm going to turn it over to John to also give give a quick introduction. So John, can you give us a quick introduction as well? Indeed. My name is John Locke. Uh, I run a, a small business just myself. Uh, occasionally a few um, helpers, uh, Lockdown Design and SEO, and that has been going for the last eight years. That's based out of Sacramento, California. And most of the people that I help with SEO are manufacturing firms, uh, contractors, um, and some other like odds and ends, but yeah, mostly that that type of uh, client. That's great. And I've got my great co-host, Adrian, Adrian, would you like to introduce yourself to the new listeners and viewers? Hi, everyone. My name is Adrian. I am the CEO and founder of Groundnog. We help small businesses grow their list, launch their funnel, and build and scale their businesses. Right. And before we go into the main part of our discussion, I just want to quickly mention a couple of our great sponsors that really help the show and pay for all the expenses in producing this this show and first of all um kinster kinster's been uh, our major um sponsor for the over two years now and they've just been a great company to work with and i also host the wp tonic website with them and a number of client sites and basically get blinding fast um speeds with kinster they use google cloud as their backbone so technically it's some of the best hosting you can get their interface um, is really fantastic UX design. They've got some really easy um, bells and whistles, like you can select what PHP um, you're using with just a one click, basically. It's really easy to use. And the main thing is you get really fantastic support. Unlike some other hosting providers, which I won't name, when you, when you contact Kinsta, um, you talk to somebody that normally can solve your problem there and then. You're not just kind of passed around and you're just lost in the system and you have to spend a load of time talking to different people, explaining your problem time after time. Um, it's normally dealt with there and then, and that's just really fantastic, not only for yourself, but for your clients. So if that sounds really interesting, go over to Kinster, um, look at their plans for yourself or for your clients, sign up, and also tell them that you heard about them uh, on the WP Tonic show. Our second sponsor is a great, great friend of the show, 
um, it's WP Fusion. And WP Fusion, um, if you've got any CRM and you're looking to do modern um, marketing, you know, from active to campaign to a host of um, 200, and it also includes Groundhog as well, um, you can use... Um, WP Fusion to really put up that communication from your WordPress website to one of these CRMs. It's like putting it on steroids. What you can do when you've got a membership site or a WooCommerce site or any large complicated website where you you want to sub do a number of automation is just amazing. So go over <clears throat> and have a look at what at what WP Fusion can do for you or your clients, and also buy the product. You will not be disappointed. It is truly amazing. So um, let's go in to the main part of the show. So John, so you got any kind of insights or tips? You know, um, when it comes to small, you know. Um, local uh, SEO if you're a small agency or or let's say you, any other kind of small business, you know, you know, not only web design but might be a graphic designer or anybody that's um, doing kind of digital services. How can they establish, establish themselves in the local market using SEO? Yeah. So <clears throat> if you're um, an agency trying to get into local SEO, and I know lots of people in our community, even in the WordPress community, are looking to do that. Um, the three things that, that, that you're going to have to do for, for a client, most of it's going to center around getting the right content on the page to target a specific keyword, making sure that they have the right uh, backlink profile in order to rank, because uh, it's still difficult to rank without uh, links from from prominent websites, and then making sure that the design and user experience of the page is up to par, because Google does kind of use how people react to the page as as an indicator of of the quality of it. Sites with good design tend to rise higher. Uh, than sites with poor design when the content is comparable. But if you're an agency trying to, to offer these services, one of the things that you should be able to do is, is at least rank somewhere in your local market. Um, one of the things that, that I've seen, if you're trying to put together a page for yourself when it comes to local SEO, if you're in uh, a freelancer agency, whatever, trying to do this, some of the elements that you're going to want to have on this page is some sort of contact form, um, usually near the top of the page. You're going to want to have a list of the types of services that you provide in each local SEO uh, package each month. You're going to want to have some keyword text, obviously, about whatever local market that you're in and you know who you help what you do, who you do it for. Uh, those are just some of the things that you're going to want to have on that page to give it a chance to rank. But if you can get one client uh, and and make a great case study out of that and just knock it out of the park for at least one local business, then you can use that as a means to, to show proof that you can do uh, local SEO for other businesses. So, and usually if, if you knock it out of the park for that first uh, client, if they know other people in their network that are also business owners, they'll usually refer you 
to those people as well if you actually make a transformation into their business. Now, one thing that a lot of people are going to suggest out there is to do at first client for free. I'm going to tell you not to do that. You should get paid to do it because a lot of these things, um, as far as like the, some of the tools that you might need uh, to do SEO or to track their local rankings, cost money. Sometimes, you know, uh, setting up uh, links on some of these directory sites might take a little bit of money or buying um, local citations like the, what we call the name, address, phone number, website uh, citations. Those are all going to cost money. So you don't want that to come out of your pocket. So please do charge for your first client. Don't make it a freebie. Right. Over to you, Adrian. So I was just, uh, uh, I'm, since we're talking about SEO, I'm like reminiscing yeah. to, to back in the day, which I know I was like super young back then, but my dad and I used to roam the country and, and we were giving SEO training and tips. And I think we were using a, cool, a tool like way back in the day. It was like Keyword Ninja or something like that. And you plug in your domain and it would tell you the search engine power of your domain. It's like if you have a keyword you're looking for is in the domain, in the title, in like the meta description and all of those things. Is that stuff still really important? And, and am, I, am I being clear? Yeah, I, I, I think I, I think I know what you're talking about because like when I first started doing web design too, um, there is it was it was almost like extensions that you would put into your browser. I think the one that was like popular at the time was called SEO Book, uh, if I remember correctly. But a lot of these would measure the um, domain rating, and I think like Google still had that API at the time, but I don't think it's been publicly accessible for a long time. Uh, but some of them used the Moz uh, domain rating as well for a while. And I think there's tools out there now that like kind of aggregate uh, a lot of those different things uh, into that. Stuff like but, it would, what it would do is it would like calculate all of your, your like backlinks to domain or like backlinks yeah. to a specific page and then give you kind of like a score on your domain based on a keyword. Yeah, and a lot of those, a lot of those, uh, the paid tools can do that as well. Um, for example, Moz, if if you um, put in like certain keywords, or they have, I, I think they have like it's a spam score. I think it's uh, domain rating. I think uh, hrefs that you can put in a specific keyword. They'll tell you like where you rank or whatever. Um, but they will give you like a keyword difficulty. They'll tell you the, what they call the AR or the UR. It's like a URL strength. Um, so they'll tell you the, the kind of, it's basically measuring like the backlink power to that specific page and then your overall domain. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those, a lot of the tools out there do something very similar to that. Um, but what I found too is, it's not just like the raw strength of let's say that like each domain or page it's linking to you has a certain power. Like one's got like a 40 domain rating or page rating and one's got like a 50 and one's a 20. It also matters the type of category that those are in. It can't just be random sites. It's going to be a lot more powerful if it's a site from a similar uh, sector if it's from the same industry. So for example, if somebody was like linking to Groundhog, 
or to WP Tonic, if they were both from something like marketing or web development, then that would be more powerful than if they were linking from something like a home and garden site, if that makes sense. It also, the Google ranking algorithm also takes into account the category of the site that's linking to you. And when it's not similar or the content isn't kind of in that same family of stuff, the linking power is a little bit diminished. How do you, because you bring up a, you bring up the, this whole categorization thing. How does Google decide on what category your website is? Do you get to self-identify or do they kind of like make that decision for <laughs> no, you? No, you how don't get you... to self-identify. No. no, I mean, you self-identify by the type of content that you actually put on your site. I mean, that has a lot more to do with it than anything. But one of the things that that Google has, you know, gotten really good at is actually being able to um, identify what type of category you're probably in through a couple of things. One is through the natural language API, which if you search that out, just search natural language API Google, you'll find the page. Um, but they basically are able to break down the sentences and, and the text on your page and extract different entities uh, from that, you know, and they can kind of figure out f- through the different words and through the different, um, you know, text that you're using on your site through each page, what the main category or, or what your site is really all about. The other thing that helps too is the entity graph. And these, these things are kind of all interrelated. But Google, um, as are most things, Google. by looking at a specific business, like what business categories the site is in on other sites, on Google My Business, on Yelp, on Facebook, yp.com, and all of these other uh, business directory or aggregate sites, it looks at the business category of those uh, pages as well. And if all those line up into like the same thing, then it can say with a high degree of certainty that that site is about this category. Cool. So, uh, lesson is get on those business directories. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, if you so if you like post like weird content for your niche, like something that's like unrelated, but something you just wanted to share, and you share it through your platform, can that have a negative effect on your category if Google then goes ahead and ranks that? Um, I mean. If it's like once in a while, if you have like the occasional odd post that doesn't fit into that category, I mean, it, it can rank, but it's going to, it's probably going to rank less well than if everything that you're posting is sticking to the same thing, but it's, it probably won't have a detrimental effect on your entire site because Google looks at individual pages. It doesn't, look at the entire site and say, we're going to judge one page by what the rest of the site is, but it does know like what the rest of your site is, is about. But if that's kind of like weighted. Yeah, it is kind of weighted. Yeah, exactly. But I would say this too, like if you're, if you have like a, um, a certain thing that you're trying to rank for a certain category or whatever, don't, make it to where there's too many like fractures 
in your subcategories. Make sure that everything kind of sticks to one central theme as much as possible because the most, the more content that you have in, in one category, the more certain Google is going to be that the entire site is about that. So if you're doing like a manufacturing site, it's probably a good idea to stay away from garden and lawn care. <laughs> yeah, garden and lawn care, I mean, is not um, for like industrial, to, depending on what it is, like it, it can be related. But um, yeah, a, a better one would be like, you know, something like health and beauty would be like completely opposite. Right. Yeah. So the, the, the categorization is a little bit higher level and not as granular. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Well, we're going to go. It's gone already quite quickly. We've got tons to discuss. We've got a true expert on SEO and a personal friend. Um, we'll be back in a few moments. Where we'll be delving in the world of SEO. Are you a WordPress consultant, designer, or small digital agency owner? Then you need WP Tonic as your trusted white label developer partner for your next big e-learning or WooCommerce project. WP Tonic has the knowledge to help you build out custom functionality that your clients need in LearnDash, Lifter LMS, and WooCommerce. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with a full, no question asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Find out how WP Tonic's white label services can help your agency today. Go to wp-tonic.com's homepage and book a free consultation with Jonathan. That's wp-tonic, just like the podcast. We're coming back. We've had a, a little bit of a feast. So I just, um, because I think um, there's, there's a clear dividing line between local, regional, and national SEO, and I like to draw it back onto the the local and regional. So um, to my knowledge, um, two of the main factors um, to help you with local, which don't apply to na- to national SEO, is that these directories and um, getting your address details in these local directories. And there are tools, one that I recommend, and I don't know if you've got some recommendations, John, is uh, Moss Local. Um, and um, they offer a basic for 129, but I normally recommend people go for their 199 product. Um, that uh, and basically you fill your your details, and then they take those details and they publish them everywhere. And the other thing I want to discuss with you: how important is um, getting your details and using your Google local business page. Um, what's your thoughts around these two topics, right. John? So your your Google My Business, I mean, you got to get that right. You got to have the, the right business category there. Yeah, you, you have to have a listing there. Um, it, if you don't have a Google My Business, I mean, it's it's pretty much you're not going to do that well. But the, the other thing that, that you absolutely have to have if you're trying to rank in local SEO is a Yelp profile. Google, for whatever reason, uses your Yelp listing as a strong signal in local SEO. So, and, and I've even seen this before. I've seen this where um, local businesses, they were trying to rank in their, in their city and they weren't doing that good. And then come to discovery, lo and behold, they didn't have a Yelp page because we don't like Yelp. We don't like people being able to say mean things about us. <clears throat> but once they, you know, got a Yelp profile, all of a sudden, the rankings started going up. Um, 
So those two are the most important. Uh, then you're also going to to want to have some uh, whatever whatever niche you're in. There's going to be uh, certain directories that you have to be on for web designers or marketers. It's UpCity and Clutch. For contractors, it's Home Advisor, House, uh, Angie's List, and uh, Blue Book. And there's all kinds of different yeah. ones like that. Um, you know, and for manufacturing, there's different ones as well. Um, uh, would you but, would you recommend coughing up for a service like Moss Local? Or Moss you, Local, yes. Do you think okay. it, do or do you think it's just a waste of money? Um, no, Moss. I mean, Moss Local is fine, but Moss Local has changed too because back in the day, so um, a lot of how these um, citation services like YP.com and uh, you know. Um, Info Group and Merchant Circle and all of these different ones, they all kind of are are part of um, different um, companies can update them. There's a name for it. I, I can't remember what it is right now, but there's different ones that are allowed to do that, like Yext, uh, Uberall, which basically Moz Local used to have their own service, their own proprietary service that was allowed to do this, but now they're white labeling Uberall. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So, um, so could you go? Is it cheaper to go to Uber all direct if you can? Um, it's actually cheaper through Moz local, oh, right. Right. yeah. But what I what I've usually do is I'll usually do um a cite citation campaign in Bright Local or White Spark. White Spark actually recently just uh launched a service where you can um set up these citations as a per citation basis, but you can also control uh, the listing. So something like the address changes later, you can, you can change that later. So that, that is kind of a preferable way to go. Yext is the most expensive. Um, It costs like astronomical amounts uh, to do, but all these are kind of the same. YP and Dex Nose are like another one. They're like merged together uh, the factual and some of these other ones, they, they used to let you do manual submissions, but now you can't. So a lot of them are like that. You have to go through a service. Right. So yep. over to you, Adrian. So uh, at least what, whenever I see SEO conversations happening on like Facebook or whatever, right? So, yep. so let's, let's say I, need, I need to rank on Google. The, usually the top 10 comments go something like, well, you need to start a blog and you need to have content and you need to like, you know, spend a week just creating all of these posts and all of this content. And I don't, I don't, I, at least I don't think that's as useful as a strategy as maybe it once was once upon a time. But if you get, you know, when you get someone new and you're like, hey, listen, I need to bump up my SEO ranking for let's just let's say it's not a local business, but something like some sort of online services company or maybe like a course or or whatever. Um, You've mentioned on the show several times that video is, uh, can be a really incredible tool to invest both time and and get a nice ROI. What do you think about that? Yeah, I definitely think that, I mean, everybody is, is kind of lazy in how they consume content and they're going to want the lowest friction thing. And Everybody either watches a video on YouTube or Facebook or both. Um, but YouTube has the biggest reach and, you, and YouTube is always going to be favored in uh, Google because it is a Google property. Um, I, I think it's a, a great tool. I mean, I uh, make videos pretty much every day. And, 
you know, you don't need a big um, view count on each one either. I mean, just putting them out there, somebody's going to find it. So it's definitely something that I would tell people to do. It, it can really make a big impact. Are there any? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Something else you said too, like in in these local uh, Facebook groups or people are asking about SEO, they say like blog and um, that'll help your SEO. It will help you rank for whatever thing you're you're putting in that individual blog. But remember that Google evaluates individual pages. So a quicker path for a a lot of people uh, to, to do better in local SEO is to have individual pages that that have uh, robust information for each thing that you're trying to rank for. And I'll give you an example. So for in manufacturing, there's lots of different things that people uh, do. They might do um, shearing and milling and stamping and, um, you know, uh, press breaking and all these different things. But usually how they, they just have like a bulleted list, like somewhere on, their site instead of having like individual pages for each of those things, because each of those things is going to have a much better chance of ranking if they're like a complete robust page uh, detailing um, everything that, that goes into that. Uh, and then the other thing that people try and rank for is like, they want to rank for all these cities in their local market, but they have like one location. Now they're not going to rank in Google maps because Google maps pretty much goes from uh, whatever's close by the person who's searching. You're not going to rank for stuff that's like 40 miles away in the map. So the only way to really do it is to have landing pages for individual cities that, you know, the major cities around you that you want to rank for. That's the way to do it. And it actually has a pretty good degree of success. So before you get to blogging, make sure that you have the... Uh, more pages on your site that target the individual things that you're trying to rank for because a bulleted list or just like mentioning it once on your homepage, like what city you're in is not going to do it. You got to go more detail and more depth. You really have to spend the time to create kind of like those granular details and yes, go through the process because is there, is there a recommended like amount of content when you're, building those pages and does there have, does there have to be differences? Can they all just be like exactly the same with a few words changed or? Yeah, I would, I, I wouldn't do them all exactly the same with a, word, a few words changed. I mean, I wouldn't do it like that. Um, if you're doing like, if you have to do like a hundred pages or something like that, you know, which is not common, you know, I would definitely have variation in that, like maybe different layouts, but how I do it is I actually look at like the the type of content or what things are being mentioned on what Google is already ranking in the top 10 or the top 15. And I'll make a list of those things that all the things that are being mentioned. So I'm not specifically looking for a word count, but I'm looking for what um, things are there. Is, you know, is there a contact form? Is there different sections for different things? So I'll give you an example there. For Let's say that I'm trying to rank a um, HVAC or air conditioning company in a specific city. Um, a lot of times, you know, things that are going to be mentioned will be, you know, air conditioning repair and installation, heating repair and installation, air duct cleaning, uh, indoor air quality might be in, in some cities, might be commercial 
uh, HVAC. It might be all kinds of different things like this, uh, ductless HVAC. So these are all sections that would be on that page for a specific city that you're targeting. Uh, instead of just, you know, listing it and, and have it be like a bullet point list, it's this long. You want to make it like this long. Mm -hmm. uh, usually, but you're going to want to like actually look and see what's working in Google now to really make that list. Don't go just for a word count, but look and see what's actually working before you, you know, get a notion. And call an SEO expert. <laughs> yeah, call an SEO expert. Exactly. Okay. Around, uh, we're gonna, it's gone quick. We're going to have some bonus content, which you'll be able to see on the WP Tonic website and also our YouTube channel, where I'm going to be discussing with John kind of more national uh, SEO and some of my own experiences and seeing if um, John agrees with some of the things that I have concluded by my own um tactics when it comes to SEO. Um, John, um, how can people find out more about you and your thoughts around SEO? Right. So the, the best way to find me is um, you can go to my website, Lockdown SEO. I also have a YouTube channel. If you search Lockdown SEO or John Lock SEO, it'll be right there. And like I said, I post <laughs> almost every day. I won't say like every day. I did every day for about a year. Um, but it's been almost every day. Uh, but, but it's, it's regularly posting, uh, there. So if you have a question, definitely leave it there. You can also find me on Twitter, uh, lockdown underscore. That's great. And, um, over, how can people find out more about you, Adrian and Groundhog? So if you need help with your marketing automation because your SEO is already killing it and you don't know what to do with all those leads, uh, you can get a tool that will help you uh, manage them and sell to them. You can go to Groundhog with 2Gs.io to grab our free WordPress plugin and uh, start emailing all of those leads that uh, John has very successfully helped you to create. <laughs> That's great. And if you really want to support the show, um, go over to Apple and leave us a review. Um, it really does help the show and it really will boost our ranking and our ability to get great guests like John. We'll be back next week with another great interview. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week.